Welcome to Nine Bob Note with Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Nine Bob Note. I am Paul. And I am Ken. Hello. Ken, you're in the driver's seat this week. What have you got for us? Paternity leave. Oh. Now, this isn't obviously something that I know much about. I have no children. I've reached the ripe old age of 44 without lending my genetic material to another <laughs> life form. But obviously everybody, you know, paternity leave applies. It's been a thing for quite a number of years now. But from a gay perspective, I'm interested to know, because uh, you you work in an environment um, for a, an organisation where this will be a thing. Mm. So from a gay perspective... I'm trying to say, how does it work? But uh, have things progressed in recent years where that's concerned? Yes. Yeah, they have. So sort of speaking from my own experience, when, um, when we first were looking at adopting, I went to my boss and I was working in the private sector then for an awful company. <laughs> yeah. Would this be Countryside Award by any chance? No, I don't like to know. <laughs> we both work for Countryside Award. <laughs> Yeah, and we uh, we were told that basically because I was a man, I would be entitled to paternity leave, which was two weeks paid leave. And then you were allowed, if you wanted to, to take another two weeks off for which you could use your annual leave mm. or take it unpaid. But then obviously it threw into uh, the, the mix that Stuart was also a man. So, you know, what, what would happen if his employer turned around and said, well, you're a man, you're only entitled to two weeks. And obviously it didn't work out like that, but that was, that was the attitude of, of the company that I was working for. Where we work now has changed. So maternity leave is now called parental leave and you can, you can share it. Um, and this is a, across the board. It's not just where we work. Mm. So, so when you have a child, either you give birth or you adopt a child or you have a child through surrogacy, any, any, any way that you become a parent, yeah, you are entitled to a certain amount of parental leave, which can be split between both parents, whether they're both women or both men or one of each, or, you know, if you're just a single parent, then Take so, it all. So do you mean that you have a block, so I don't know, four weeks, uh, one parent, if you both work for the, for your organisation, one can take two weeks, the other can take two weeks, or you can run concurrently for two weeks at the same time? Oh, I'm not sure. I think you can... So in, at our place, it's you get six months full pay leave, and then it's three months, at, I think, half pay, and then three months at the statutory pay. And so... I think I don't. I, I'm not sure if we could both take six months off at the same time. Because it, it's not either your fault or their fault, but it, it doesn't make any difference. The fact that you both work at the same place, mm. and um, it, it's not a small firm, so it's not like it's just some corner shop where you're both <laughs> off at the same time for six months. But it's neither here nor there whether you're a couple or not. You both mm. you just happen to work at the same place. Yeah. It could have been coincident that two members of staff had both requested parental leave at precisely the same time. Whether they're a couple or not, it doesn't make any difference, really, does it? Oh, it no. shouldn't. 
So I just wonder because I, I know that you're into all this uh, this HR and and um, equalities stuff. So I, I thought that I didn't know whether it would have come up before because, and again, I know that you work with a, a very diverse range of people. Yeah, I think that the place the place where I work is really, at least for that, is really good. You know, they've changed all of the terminology, so there's no maternity leave any anymore. It's parental leave. So if you if you are a woman and you are pregnant and you leave to have a baby, you can have six months fully paid leave and then three months on half and then another three months on statutory pay. Or you can come back after three months. You can do, you know, whatever you want. It's completely up to you. But if you have a partner, then that's sort of brought in. But yeah, I don't think it matters that, you know, they both have to work at the same place. As you said, it could be a problem if we both worked in a, you know, in a small shop. It, the shop might have to close down. But, but yeah, I think things have definitely got better because, as I say, the paternity leave. I mean, not just necessarily for for gay people, but paternity leave in general it, for companies, and a lot of companies still do say, well, you have to use your annual leave, or you know, the, the statutory paternity leave. You know, for a new dad is. I think it's still only two weeks that you're you're entitled to. I might be wrong, it might be four weeks now. But after that it's it's up to who you work mm. for. So there's <clears throat> there's still that. I guess it depends who who you work for. I mean, in fairness, nice though it is for new fathers to have time off, they've not actually had their body burst open like the John Hurt scene in Alien. <laughs> Uh, so they might need slightly less recovery time or adjustment period. Uh, I, I think I, I would like to think there's still room in the world to recognise that it's quite a traumatic thing for a woman to have happen to her body as well as emotionally. Mm. And but, as well as that, you um, a lot of women, if they if they can, breastfeed mm, babies, so yeah. they can't leave the baby with with the other half mm. and go off to work. <laughs> Um, and just nip home every every time the baby starts crying. So there's a difference between oh well, this has to change, you know, because it's really old fashioned. The, the, these rules were in place for a, for a reason. It, it wasn't just a tradition that mums stayed at home with their newborn babies. It was a physical necessity mm. for them to do so. But things are changing because obviously, like I said having children isn't necessarily uh, the same as giving birth these days. There's lots of different ways of yeah. having children. Hmm. Very unfortunately, I've worked with quite a number of people now, uh, primarily women, it has to be said, who really know the benefit system. Mm-hmm. And because uh, I think that paternity leave is a good thing. I think that it's a, it's a good bonding thing for families if the dad can be at home for at least a couple of weeks. Yeah. I think it's good. It's healthy. Uh, but... I've known a few women now who know precisely <laughs> how much time they're allowed to have off and then just leave the job. Yeah. But it's the employer that's got to... And the, these are small firms that I've known this happen to. The employer has to pick up the slack. And it doesn't really matter the size of the firm. I think doing that's a really crappy thing to do, just to to milk everything you can out of the system. Yeah. Yeah, there, I, there was somebody from um, from our place who went off on maternity leave and she, while she was off on maternity leave, got, got pregnant another job. Yeah. Well, no, oh, no, she got, got, another she got another job and then started her new job while still getting paid, <laughs> for, while still getting paid her maternity leave from, from our place. 
And she, and then just when it came to the end of her maternity leave, she's like, oh yeah, I'm leaving. And th- there's no, there's, there's no comeback. No, no. It's, it's, I just think it's a terrible way to behave. But I've mm. known a couple of women who've, they've got all the way through the, uh, the maternity leave at full pay or whatever it is. And then got pregnant again because they know they know precisely how long they've got to work yeah. before they're entitled to maternity leave again, <laughs> and then got pregnant. And uh, um, it's a dreadful thing to say, but uh, and and off topic. Um, <laughs> but I unfortunately have known a few people that they have children to milk the system. That's, yes, that's not what paternity and maternity or parental leave is for. It's for. Recovery and family bonding. I do, I do strongly agree with it. I think that it's uh, the introduction of paternity leave, and I don't know when it came in, but it was even from someone who's never had kids. I think it was a really healthy move, mm. and even from um, traditional families, if you will, where mm. the, those first couple of weeks, as you said, the mother has been through a massive trauma, and then for the the, the bloke just the next day, the you know the baby's dad say, "Oh yeah, sorry, I've got to go into work now," and leaving this woman who's probably still in a lot of pain yeah. with this newborn baby who she has no idea what to do with it. Um, it w- must be quite traumatic, but yeah, it is. It's a good a, a good opportunity to, as you say, to bond. I mean, when we we got our kids, they were obviously older they weren't babies yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and it was really nice because Stuart had the maternity leave if you will adoption leave for so he was off for for quite a long time and I was off for about four weeks and that was a really nice time just for us to adapt adjust to, yeah, yeah yeah just to see well this is what uh, this is what it's like having kids <laughs> Unfortunately, we weren't able to send them back. <laughs> no, you, you, you're rather stuck with the little bastards yeah. now. They're, they're, oh, they're, yeah, they've grown up into two terrible monsters. <laughs> I wouldn't like to live with either of those. <laughs> and I walk through the door and they barrel into me for a hug. <laughs> Casey, she's like a bloody Klingon now. Whenever whenever I'm around her, she's she's on hugs and snuggles. And even Lucas, who's in his, he's coming up to being a teenager, mm-hmm. still wants a hug. I, I think that's the sweetest thing. <laughs> I do honestly, genuinely think it's a measure of their upbringing, <laughs> considering you've had them for the vast majority of their childhood now. So yeah, we have now. Congratulations to you both. Oh, thanks, thanks. <laughs> Welling up here. <laughs> uh, I think it's time to get the boas out. Let's see, feather or not, this is an important thing. Well, I'm going to allow the, the actual parent in the room to <laughs> rate this out of five. Paternity leave, what do you think? Well, like you say, it's it's an important thing. Uh, obviously, as we move away from the well, not everyone moves away from the traditional family, but more, you know, there's mm. <clears throat> there's more different different kinds of families. But yeah, for the the opportunity for the dad or one of the dads, or just for both parents to be there for a while at the start of this new family, I think is really really important. And for that reason, I will give it a four. I'm surprised at that. Now, you see, looking from the outside in, I'm going to give it a five. I think because I think that we're in such a... Oh, people are so grass is greener these days. The the first sniff of a, you know, a better life, they'll abandon all their troubles and just bugger off to the next best thing. Mm. And for for something like paternity leave to have come along and encouraged family bonding at, at the very formative stage, just after a, 
a huge upheaval for both parents, certainly for, for the mothers. I think he's, it, the introduction of that was a very good thing mm. and, uh, and, and very healthy. So I am going to give this one five. I do feel that uh, paternity leave, it, it's <laughs> done society good. Excellent. It's time for Twitter Twatter. I'm going to launch this very, very lightly this week. It's not a, an outright attack on the person I'm about to name. <laughs> it is just um, an increasing irritation. So it, it's Twitter Twitter is the thing that it falls most plausibly into, but it's not an outright attack. Okay. I'm afraid it's Lenny Henry. Right. Yes. Now, I've been a, quite a fan of Lenny Henry for a long time. Mm. A, a good, I mean, he was a figure that came to prominence in the 80s. Uh, he was on Def 2. We did uh, the Delbert Wilkins show. He was. He had his own show on BBC. He was on any number of things. He's been involved with comic relief right from the start. Yes. He's been in sitcoms. Uh, notably a sitcom called Chef from the mid-90s, which I was a big fan of, beautifully produced, very well acted by the man himself. Unfortunately, in recent years, he's gone a little bit anti-white, and um, it's, there's been increasing attacks to the point where in the past year he's done a few interviews, where, and he did an interview, I'm fairly sure it was with The Times, but I read it sort of appalled at the the stats that were being put forward as to the number of uh, black people in media and representation on, on television and what have you, with no real consideration for the demographic split as to what... You can't have 50% of everybody represented on television. That is not representative of the population of the UK as a whole. The, the, inevitably, there must be some differences. Mm. But he used that terrible term when talking about comic relief, white saviour. Now, I do know that David Lammy did use it. David Lammy, a, a politician, he did use that phrase, we've got enough white saviours. And it's cropped up recently. Yes, he did. But Lenny Henry has used that term several times himself. In, yes. And I don't like it. Because it just implies that now anything that white people are involved with that helps, I would say primarily African causes and and... Uh, famine causes and, and causes abroad that are in countries where populations are predominantly black is somehow being a white saviour. It's a big slap in the face because you couldn't turn around and have it the other way around in any way where a white broadcaster said it's about black people and that's it's the lack of equality. So it's not really a... It's not really an outright attack on Lenny Henry. It's just, uh, you're crossing the line now, mate. I am getting irritated <laughs> that every damn thing that he appears in has got to have some little dig at white people mm. in it. And you know, get the fucking point, mate. You're black and, you know, <laughs> that you've had your troubles in your life. But I honestly don't think 21st century living on the whole, I don't know anybody that's, that's out and out racist. I just don't. Uh, whether that be against blacks or Asians or foreigners in general. I don't think the vast, vast majority of people are as anti-black as it's painted out to be, particularly in view of the fact that a government report uh, was commissioned and written by a black doctor that said there's no, there's no actual evidence to prove that Britain is racist. And there was this huge backlash. Well, if a black doctor can't stand up in public and say there is no evidence that the Great Britain is systematically 
racist. If he's not believed, who is going to be? <laughs> so it's this huge sort of anti-white movement at the minute. You've got people like Whoopi Goldberg. She's making increasingly anti-white sentiments. And you think, what are you doing? Why? I mean, I've, I've loved Whoopi Goldberg in, in things for years. She come, she's come back in Star Trek Picard. The entire world's gone wild. Yeah, she's back as guy and brilliant. But again, everything's sort of anti-white. It's all drilled back to being, well, white folks have done... Please stop this. Please stop it. It's not healthy. It's not helping the cause at all, being divisive. Yes. And I also think that for Lenny Henry, who is the like the face of comic relief to say we don't need more white saviours, but then... Expect, Give us your money. Yeah. It's, it's an awful term because, yes, black people have been treated horrifically <clears throat> for hundreds In of years. Past. In the past. And to some extent still now, so, you know, there are pockets of yeah. racism. And obviously there's always going to be hate crimes, but the whole sort of civil rights movement and the, you know, Black Lives Matter and everything like that that's coming through is you know, white people pay us attention, give us the credit we deserve and treat us equally. And then when that happens, it's like, oh, well, we don't need your help. We don't need white saviours. Like, well, <laughs> ah. But we're going, it's pushing back too far the other way. It's, and it's the same with any cause. This is, I, I, must, I will make this statement quite openly. Once you've got a cause where they've won the cause, boiling it down to something as stupid and simple as camera. The campaign for real ale. <laughs> I know this is why I left camera. I'm a I'm a big real ale drinker. I love my ales, but I used to subscribe and pay my subscription, my membership every year, and you'd get a newsletter and a, a magazine, and I'd read the letters page. And camera have I think they have decisively won their argument to get <laughs> ales back into pubs. It's very odd mm. now that you walk into a pub and there's not real ale on. So you've won the battle, and Cameron now they're pushing into other things like better British wines and uh, perries and ciders and things. And the letters page is, well, I think that's disgusting that, you know, we should be campaigning for real ales and not this perry and... and <laughs> well, yeah, but we, we've won the battle. Why not help other causes now? But it's, it's this pushback against people that want to diversify and, mm. and just embrace other things... The people that you've asked for your help have helped you, you've won, and now you're kicking back against your own culture for for helping in the way that you want them to be. It's just, it's, it's what do you want? <laughs> so it's across the board with, with people that have uh, little crusades and causes. They never stop campaigning and crusading even once they've got their own way. Yeah. And that's across the board. So, so yeah, it's a very loose Twitter twatter. I would hate to uh, stick daggers into Lenny Henry. Like I said, <laughs> I, I, I it was certainly uh, not as, as um, sharp as an attack as we've made on other people who really do deserve it. But, you know, enough, mate. We, mm. we get the point about you've had a bit of a rough time being black in the past, but not everybody is racist. And yeah. calling us white saviours really isn't helping your cause. <laughs> the end. The end. Thank you. A, a worthy, a worthy mention, and, and no doubt will open up many, many debates. We'll get letters. <laughs> but on that note, we'll uh, we'll leave it and we'll sign off until next week. So thanks very much, Ken. Ta-ta. Bye. <laughs>
Nine Bob Node featured Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Title music was by Mark Scheiman, and the program was produced by Maverick Productions. For more information, please visit maverickproductionsuk.blogspot.com or find us on social media.